Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. We're broadcasting to you live today from the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus here in Edmond, Oklahoma, the first Friday of September. Can't believe we're already into September. This has been an absolutely wild year, a rapidly paced year with so many Bible prophecies being fulfilled. And it's, it really is alarming every day. I've just been thinking a lot about Ezekiel 7, verse 23, and how God prophesies that there will be a chain of bloody crimes. And like I mentioned on the show last week, it's like one crime follows another like links in a chain, and it just never lets up. A lot of this, of course, is attributable to the power of the media and how they can bring emphasis to certain events and de-emphasize or ignore others. And, of course, they like to focus on police shootings of black men. They also love to de-emphasize shootings of any other race. They like to de-emphasize the details of those shootings that they do focus on. But it does seem like recently there has been a new police versus black man confrontation every day. At least that has been drawn attention to. Just one after the other, no breaks. And there are so many other examples of prophecies being rapidly fulfilled this year like never before. And it's also true that so many of these prophecies being fulfilled show us the power of fear. There's an article at the top of the trumpet.com right now by Mr. Callum Wood by that title. Are you afraid? I was actually going to talk about this subject anyway, and this article happened to be at the top of the website. But Mr. Wood is writing about a disease spreading across the globe that we can't avoid. We, we see it on the news all the time. Everyone is panicking about it. And he says that disease is not coronavirus, it is fear. And that is so true. It is really a measure of our priorities. Which one we are more concerned about. Are we concer- concerned more about a disease or about the rising authoritarianism in response to that disease? Governments around the world have seized on fear of the coronavirus to crack down on their own law-abiding citizens. People who have done nothing wrong are now being placed under indefinite house arrest. People who are not afraid, many people who just want to enjoy the freedoms they've always enjoyed, but now they're being forced to stay at home except for 
extremely essential trips to the grocery store, for example. Millions of people are being prevented from working. And we're being told it's all so that we can save grandma and grandpa. It's just incredible how fear is being drummed up, not just by government officials, but by health officials and the media, to the point where a woman in Australia was arrested simply for a Facebook post, an anti-lockdown Facebook post as you've probably heard on the Trumpet Daily Radio show this week. And the shocking part about that is the majority of our populations are okay with measures like this. They are still highly approving of the leaders who are suffocating them like this. Because they're so afraid of the disease. They will give up all freedom, all liberty, every enjoyment in life just for the promise of safety from this disease. It's just, I have a hard time even fathoming that this has happened (laughs) to the world and that people have accepted it, have accepted this totalitarianism it's clearly not about health it's about power mr wood quotes from the dystopian novel 1984 in this article and that book talks about building a society entirely on hatred and fear now by the way on Just the Best Literature, another KPCG radio program. Mr. Dennis Leap is going through 1984, and that's definitely worth listening to at kpcg.fm. But every bit of that book is relevant to today, where our people are leaning toward socialism and communism, despite the fact that those systems have killed hundreds of millions of people, Because they are afraid. People have lost the ability to think a couple steps ahead. To think about the logical conclusion of giving our leaders this much power. That power will never be given back. And in the book 1984, the main character Winston Smith is shocked that anyone would ever try to build an entire civilization on hatred and fear. Winston insists that hatred and fear will only tear a society apart. But the antagonist in the book explains to Winston that actually if the government has enough power It can put down any rebellion. It can control people through hatred and fear. And those two things are really closely connected. There's another article at thetrumpet.com by Mr. Brad McDonald 
titled Where Will All the Hate End? Fear and hate are linked. It's pretty obvious right now with people being so afraid of this virus or being so afraid of the rioting in our streets that they start to hate people they see as oppressing them. You know, someone who is panicking about the disease can just call the police and turn someone else in for not strictly abiding by coronavirus lockdown regulations. He sees that person who's not wearing a mask as wicked. He fears that person and starts to hate him. These two things are linked, that's for sure. Well, this is a subject that is thoroughly addressed in your Bible. And that's really where we have to put the focus, of course, all the time. 1 John 4 talks about how to eliminate fear. Now, perhaps you are not afraid of a virus. Maybe you are not in the vulnerable demographic. Maybe you have not been in close contact with relatives or friends in that demographic, those who are at the most risk. So maybe you just logically are not that afraid of it. But we all know that fear is a powerful, motivating force. It does play really strongly on our human nature. We all have different things we're afraid of, whether we like to admit it or not. But the Bible addresses how to get rid of it, how to get rid of the wrong kind of fear, the type of fear that cripples us, prevents positive action and progress. 1 John 4, verse 16, And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. You see, we can have an in-the-bosom-of-the-father type of relationship. The type of in-the-bosom relationship that the Apostle John enjoyed with Jesus Christ. And if you are in God's arms, if you are draped in his protection and care, there's nothing to be worried about. Next verse, 1 John 4, verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Boldness. Do you think that a lot of people who are panicking about the coronavirus could be described as bold? This boldness comes from love continues because as he is so are we in this world there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment he that fears is not made perfect in love so we're talking about loving god having the love of god in our lives 
And that really does cast out fear. There's nothing to be afraid of. But how do we build that kind of love? How do we address the fears that hold us back in life? Whether it's fear of the coronavirus or unrest in our cities or maybe financial burdens. Whatever the fear might be. Fear of a leadership opportunity or public speaking. (laughs) That's a big one. How do we address that? How do we get rid of that? How do we build the type of love that will drive that fear out? 1 John 5, verse 3, links love to another important subject. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. So, we can do a, a transitive math equation, I believe it's called. You can say God is love. Love is is law, which means that God is law. The law of God, the Ten Commandments, are God written down. The law of God is simply the way God lives put in writing for us. The law is love. God is love. God is law. So, we're talking about a type of love that is directly linked to commandment keeping. And really, if you just look around at the world, it's pretty obvious that it's a lawless world. That is a huge reason for all the fear. Just think about the types of trends we've seen lately, the types of movements that have gained near universal acceptance. God is a family. He gave us the traditional biblical family model so that we could try to live like him and one day become just like him. What do you think God thinks about any type of family model outside of that one where the roles are flipped upside down where the man is not the leader what about homosexuality or transgenderism those used to be at least considered a mental illness that was what the scientists said about it but now it's something to be glorified we can't help those people conquer that slavery, that misery. We have to encourage more people to be like that, apparently. Even though the suicide rate is around 40% for transgenders, it is a clearly failed way of living that is being pushed as preferable in a lot of cases. And those people are in so much pain. And we just keep on pretending like they are living their best lives 
and that that is what we should all, if not copy, be proud of. Do you think God's okay with that? Do you think God is okay with the murder of many thousands of unborn children every day? Life does begin at conception. We have plenty of literature at thetrumpet.com that can prove that to you. It's a biological fact, but beyond that, there are spiritual parallels that drive the point home too. Do you think God loves our fornicating, adulterous society where, as Key of David presenter Gerald Flurry once called it, we seek out sex like alley cats? Does God love that way of living that directly leads to abortion? That directly leads to broken families? No, he doesn't. And that's why there's so much unhappiness in the world and so much fear. It comes from lawlessness. Lawlessness has been normalized and accepted and glorified in the world. That is why people are so afraid. So it, it's only natural, logically, to start to think that if we just start to obey basic law, if we start to ho- uphold a certain standard of living in our lives, that maybe we can start to turn the tide a little bit. In an article titled Thou Shalt Not, the late educator and theologian Herbert W. Armstrong wrote, Here is a perfect law. It outlines in broad detail man's right relationship with the true God, that that he may have all the needed guidance, help, and blessings from God. And also, man's right relationship toward human neighbors, including parents, children, husband, and wife. This law provides for both worship of God religiously and obedience to God and blessings from God. Every need of man for his own good and living, active, continuous relationship with the all-wise, all-powerful, all-loving God. This perfect law forms the basis of all human relationships as well as man's God relationship. It provides the wide, basic, general rules affecting every phase of his life. Now just notice this. This is talking about the Ten Commandments. There's only ten of them. They are clearly listed for us in Exodus 20. But just notice how it covers every aspect of law. Mr. Armstrong lists out these different categories covered by the Ten Commandments. A. Religious in his relationship to God. B. Family in his relationship to parents, children, wife, and husband, and is designed to preserve the blessed sanctity and dignity of the home. C. Next door and personal neighbors and friends. D. Civil relationships. Here are found the very basic civil laws respecting murder, theft, adultery, perjury. E. Economic life. 
honesty, not coveting, not coveting others' money, goods, or property, or possessions. And then F, social life. Such commands as those respecting adultery, false witness against, coveting, stealing from the foundation principle of right social attitude and relationship with neighbors. So every type of law is summed up by the Ten Commandments, is addressed by the Ten Commandments. Relationship with God and with others, the best way to love ourselves even is summed up in the, sem- in the Ten Commandments. We hear, hear that term a lot, taking the time to love yourself. And usually <laughs> recommendations for that are uh, pretty destructive and selfish a lot of the time. Loving, loving yourself really has to do with obeying the Ten Commandments. Ecclesiastes 12 also talks about the completeness of this law. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. You see, that's the right type of fear, fearing God, a type of fear that actually brings us closer to God instead of pushing us away, as we heard in a recent sermon in this Edmund congregation. Fear God. That means trembling before him in the right way, which means obeying him, deeply respecting him, applying what he tells us to do instead of what we want to do, learning to want what he tells us to do instead of doing it against our will. Fear God. But this verse also continues, and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. See, that sums it all up. The right kind of fear, fearing God, instead of fearing a disease or fearing rioters or fearing financial stress or a health trial or interactions with maybe a hostile employer, whatever it might be. No, fear God. And then it says, keep his commandments. These commandments that really are a complete law, a law of love. They are God written down. This is the whole duty of man. If we could just do those two things, how much better would our lives be? It wasn't long ago that people did have real things to fear. I mentioned it on Just the Best Literature on a, an episode that's coming out soon. But it wasn't long ago in the Wild West where you could be in a duel in the street, a gun duel, and someone could challenge you to that for any reason at all. And you could just be shot dead in the street that very day. That doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> that's, that's not something that we always have to wonder is going to happen to you if you're walking through the grocery store and all of a sudden someone challenges you to a duel outside for no reason, which is how it used to be. What about in, in medieval Europe? If you were a farmer 
outside the city walls. And another kingdom decided to invade. The gates would close before you could get in there. You would be in big trouble. And yet those people just had to go about life, right? They couldn't lock themselves in their houses forever. And yet here we are, more comfortable with more amenities and luxuries than ever at any time in history. We are incredibly safe compared to any time before us. Even the act of childbirth used to be a near-death sentence because of the lack of sanitation. You had almost a one-in-two chance of dying in labor because of that. That's not the case anymore. There are so few things to fear compared to recent history. And yet, people are more afraid today than ever. With more safety, they're actually more afraid because they're more lawless. And that is where the fear is coming from. And I think we probably all experienced it. Maybe not being close enough to God. And all of a sudden, we're a little bit more on edge. We're a little bit more jittery. We worry a little bit more about upcoming responsibilities or assignments. We don't have that relaxed faith, that confidence in God, that realization that God is draped around us. He will protect us. He will help us and strengthen us if we simply ask for it, if we fear him and keep his commandments. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.